0: (laughs) Boy, starting podcasts is awkward One, two, three, go! Welcome to my podcast I'll do my best to keep it fast It's about trying stuff online And what I'm learning all the time This week, I'll figure out What editing fast is all about A magician who I learned from And how nagging is dumb Hi, this is Taylor Glenn, and this is my new podcast, Trying. This is the second episode. If you missed the first one, you can go check that out, you know, wherever you're listening to this one. There should just be another one. If you are unfamiliar with me, I have a social media presence online called Taylor Tries, and this podcast basically is a behind-the-scenes look on running that social media. Here, I will share all the things that I learn and what I find works and doesn't work on social media and pretty much stuff like that, so... I'm really excited about it. Thanks to everyone who listened to the first podcast. Uh, It got really good feedback, and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to me talk into a microphone. Makes it all worth it. Last week, I discussed the reasons that I think that I succeeded on Instagram, and one of the things that I talked about was posting often and on a schedule. You know, I used to post on Instagram every single day. This week, I want to talk about my struggles with doing that, specifically producing content quickly. So that's what I'm going to talk about this week, but before I jump into it, I of course have to thank all the people on my Patreon, the members of my Otter Club. You guys are great. Thank you so much for supporting me. You make it possible for me to make content like this for everyone else. A special shout-out to my legendary otters, Doug and Steven. You're legendary. They write legends about you. If anyone wants to join the Otter Club on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash taylortries. By becoming a patron, you can get access to this podcast a whole week before the rest of the world. And I just updated my Patreon tiers with a whole bunch of new rewards, including one that I'm really excited about, which will be monthly juggling workshops where I'm going to live stream me teaching and breaking down a juggling topic that the patrons vote for that month. So that's available to everyone that joins at the juggling otter or above tier. Really excited about that. That's going to be great. As I mentioned, I got a lot of good feedback about my my last episode, and one of the most common suggestions that I got was that people suggested I have a sort of jingle or some music, and I don't know how to do that right now. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I am really new to this this whole, you know, podcast thing, and I definitely am not a musician in the sense that I don't write a lot of music. Although I did just write that fabulous song, Thank You Waters, thanking all of my patreon people for thank you patrons day on youtube if you haven't checked that out you can go do that but i would definitely not call myself a songwriter in any sense of that word so i don't really know how to do a jingle and i'm kind of opposed to just getting a royalty free stock jingle thing there's something about me that really wants things to be mine <laughs> i guess i know that's probably a bit ridiculous and i should probably just get a stock jingle but i I really want to do my own, so I'm either going to learn GarageBand or maybe I'll do a ukulele thing. At the time of recording this, I don't currently have a plan or any sort of jingle. But who knows, maybe in the next day I will figure it out and I'll do one. If you're listening to this and there's little music things underneath, I did it! Hooray! (laughs) If there's not, I will get on that soon and hopefully it will not be terrible. This is probably where a jingle would go right now, transitioning us into the actual topic. Let's see if I did that. Back to the topic at hand, this week I want to talk about my struggles with producing content quickly. This last weekend I was at SkillCon in Las Vegas attending the World Juggling Federation Championships Don't get excited. I was not in the championships. I am not that good of a juggler. Uh, I'm I'm a good juggler, you know, some would argue a great juggler, but I'm not that great. The competition was intense. It was really, 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 really hard. The jugglers are definitely impressive, to say the least. But honestly, to me, the biggest experience of going to SkillCon was that I got to meet a guy named Andrew Parker. Andrew is a young content creator, and I met him because he is the editor for most of Josh Horton's videos. If you're not familiar with Josh Horton, I think I mentioned him last time. He's a great guy. He creates content uh, focusing primarily on doing trick shots with him and his squad. It's uh, super fun, you can go check him out, Juggling Josh. Not only does Andrew edit content for Josh, he also edits his own content. He does magic and escapes and that sort of thing. It's really fun, really cool. If you want an idea of what he does, his YouTube is Wafello, W-A-F-E-L-L-O-W. And I got to meet Andrew at SkillCon. And that experience was very eye-opening and slightly heartbreaking for me. Primarily because I found out that Andrew edits a video in about two to four hours. Now, if you don't edit, maybe this doesn't mean anything to you, but two to four hours is really fast. It's it's insanely fast. <laughs> and when I heard that... I just about started crying and it really got me thinking on this idea of quantity versus quality, right? And honestly, for me, I've actually always had a really hard time with that struggle, that struggle between quantity versus quality. In the last episode, I did talk about the idea of producing more frequently and getting better as you go. And I think that that's a really smart way to approach it. I think you're naturally gonna get better at something the more that you do it, as opposed to agonizing over making it perfect and then you create a lot less content as a whole. Now, on Instagram, I feel like I got a pretty good balance of that. I still think it takes me more time in general than most people. On average, I think now it takes me about an hour from when I start to when I post. I know that that's a lot more than a lot of people. And for me, the reason why I think that's so high is because I tend to shoot it on a good camera. I'll edit it. I'll add music to it. You know, I'll make sure it sounds and looks good. I'll color correct it. I think a lot of content creators don't do any of that. But for me, I, I just... I think there's a part of me that really enjoys putting that extra touch on it and making it slightly better. And honestly, when I started doing that, when I started using my good camera versus now, I have gotten a lot faster at it. I think it used to take me two or three hours from start to finish, whereas now I can get it done in an hour. I'm really proud of that. I think that's a lot of improvement. Now, Andrew can edit a video, a full 10 minute plus video on YouTube, so the amount of time it takes me to do a 30 second Instagram post, Andrew has already edited half of his YouTube video. (sighs) Now, I know what you're thinking, Taylor, your quality is a lot higher than a lot of people's and you should be proud of that and that's why it takes you so long. I agree. I am proud of that. I love the fact that my videos look good. That's why I put time into them. But I'm also very aware that I'm still too slow to be a content creator. Now, on Instagram, I made that work. I set aside that time every day, I dedicated myself to doing it, and I made it happen. But YouTube is this whole new struggle, and I I am having a hard time with it. Last time, I mentioned that the algorithm on Instagram really favors daily posting, or frequent posting. And YouTube is the same way. Anyone that posts on there will tell you that the more frequently you post, the more likely people are going to find your content. I know this, everyone knows this, and yet it is so much harder to do that on YouTube than it is on Instagram. (laughs) At least I think it is. I started posting regularly on YouTube about two months ago now, I think, and since then I have set a goal to try to post a video every single week. Once a week, that seems like so much to me. But other people I see on YouTube, they'll post three videos a week. And you can see that it helps a lot. (laughs) And I know logically that's what I need to do. And honestly, I'm struggling with just the one video every week. It is so hard for me, because editing a video for me takes a long time. Honestly, shooting the video does not take that much time at all. You know, I've had it take anywhere from one to four hours, depending on whether it's a, you know, Taylor tries this fun skill, or if it's a tutorial. Tutorials tend to take longer to film for me. Either way, the filming aspect of that is definitely not the hard part for me. It's once I stop recording, put that footage on my computer, and import it into Premiere. Then my life gets bogged down. (laughs) And I think it all stems from the fact that for the last six years, I've worked as an assistant film editor in the film industry here in Los Angeles. I've spent the last six years editing, helping some of the best editors in the industry, working on big projects for Netflix and Amazon and CBS. I have worked in the trenches on some of the biggest projects in the industry under some of the most intense deadlines. And you would think that that would make me a fast editor. But. On the contrary, it actually got me into kind of a bad habit that I'm struggling with as I move to creating content on YouTube. See, editing is taken really seriously in the film industry. There's a lot of money thrown at it. It goes through a lot of revisions, a lot of notes, a lot of eyes watching it over and over and over again, trying to make it perfect. When I'm in the editing room on a movie, we'll sit there and watch the same two minutes over and over again for three hours, trying to make the cut perfect because it's treated like an art and rightfully so the art of editing is beautiful and the difference that a few frames can make in the feeling of watching a story is really incredible I love editing I fell in love with it a long time ago but when it comes to YouTube all that stuff I learned is hindering me because you cannot spend three hours looking at one minute of footage you just can't and that's the habit that I've gotten into I've gotten into the habit of re-watching the same thing over and over again, looking for any strange feeling that I might get as a viewer, trying to put myself in the eyes of somebody who's never seen it before. And that's a great skill, but in this case, it is not helping. I need to be able to go faster. I need to be able to produce something that's good enough, not something that's necessarily perfect. And boy, is that a struggle for me. It goes against a lot of what I believe in, and honestly, part of why I want to be on YouTube is because I do get kind of sick of seeing a bunch of trash that I see online. Uh, I want my stuff to have a point, I want it to have a message, and I want it to be good. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I think that quality does not matter and that I need to throw all of the editing knowledge out of the window and just dumb it down and make it really crappy. I will never do that. That is not what I want to do. But self-criticism and revision is important to creating anything, and I want to be honest with the fact that I think I am too slow at editing for online content. Right now, I am putting 95% quality and effort into every video I do, and I honestly think that if I put 75% in, it would still be better edited than most of the stuff that you see on YouTube, and I would get a lot more done. And that's the struggle that I have. I know that some people probably are listening to this thinking, no, don't do it. Make it perfect. Don't lower your quality. Don't do it, Taylor. No. But you have to understand that that's not how the game works. And that's what I'm learning. In the same way that I learned it on Instagram, that you can't agonize over and over again about what you're posting because you want it to be perfect. I know that if I start posting videos more frequently, my content will get better with time instead of trying to focus on making every video perfect. And I honestly think that most of you guys would support me in that and wouldn't really care if it's 10% better. Plus, I'm not going to lie, I think that watching some of my YouTube videos, the film editor in me still thinks that they're not well edited, but I definitely have to let that go. So when I got back from SkillCon, I was super inspired by Andrew, I said, I want to make videos quicker. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna blow through these videos and it's gonna be great. And so I sat down and I said, I'm gonna just try to edit a video in two hours. I'm gonna see what happens. So I had all my footage for the uh, thank you otters video, which I mentioned earlier in this podcast, where I tried writing a ukulele song, thanking all the patrons that support me. So I sat down and said, I'm gonna edit this video in two hours. Let's make it happen. So 15 hours later, I finished it, and it was not as good as I wanted it to be, but I felt like it was good enough. And yeah, 15 hours. 15 hours. I definitely didn't succeed in trying to be Andrew, and that, that was a little rough. But then I realized that normally it would take me three days to edit that, and I just did it in basically a day. And then I got really happy. One day is not that bad to edit a video, and I actually think that that video was kind of extra hard in some ways because it had like a whole music video aspect, and and that time included editing the song in like Adobe Audition, and I don't know how to use Adobe Audition, so that, that was a little hard. Either way, it's improvement, right? Like I got better, and even if the quality was a little bit worse, everyone seemed to really enjoy it, people were really supportive, and again, I think it will get better. I think if I keep approaching content with the idea of going quicker, it will naturally get better. So going into this challenge, I was thinking about how I'm going to accomplish getting editing done faster. Like, what am I going to change? How, how, do I, how do I edit faster? How is that possible? And uh, I did a little bit of research, and I I came up with a few techniques, and I'm going to share those with you. First off, already I have found that things that are linear, things that have like a clear progression, for example, writing a song. You know, there's a beginning where I'm starting to write the song and trying to figure that out, and then there's the middle where I'm writing the song, and then the end where you hear the song. Those are a lot easier. Those linear stories are a lot easier. There are some that I've done that are a little more complicated, specifically tutorials. I find less linear, right? You would think that they're linear, but a lot of the time I end up moving things around and changing the order because I think it's more helpful that way. For me, tutorials are very part-based, and what order those go in is not always clear until I'm editing. I'm definitely finding that the Taylor Tries Blank skill, I think in general those videos are going to be easier to edit. So that was really nice. The other thing that I found really helped with editing quicker was uh, using kind of pre-built stuff from my other videos, specifically things like my lower thirds and my transition elements, things like that. I realized that I can just go into a previous project, copy those, bring them back into the new project and paste them, and it's already formatted, already set up and ready to go. That saves me so much time, yes. That especially has saved me a bunch of time on tutorials because now I have even pre-built lower thirds that say like breakdown, one juggling ball or prerequisites. That's so helpful and it's helping me go a lot quicker. So yes, one notch forward in the quick editing status, oh yeah. The technique that I really focused on in this last editing session with the ukulele video was that I'm not going to rewatch what I've cut a thousand times. As I mentioned, that is a habit that I got into as an editor in the film industry because it's really important. You know, you want it to feel right and you always go back and you watch it from the eyes of somebody who hasn't seen it before. And I think that's what makes you a good story editor, honestly. But when it comes to this reality content, I think it's less important, especially when you're trying to do it quickly. And so I took the approach of just... I'm just gonna edit right through. I'm not gonna go back and watch stuff and see how it's feeling up until this point. I'm gonna go right through and then I can go back and watch it again and make some changes, but even then I'm not going to do that a thousand times." And that was actually really refreshing, and I think even when it comes to like story editing, I will try to apply this a bit. I've definitely gotten in the habit of like editing a little bit then going back and re-watching it 20 times, then editing a little bit more, going back and re-watching that. And I honestly do think it's a really good technique to just go all the way through, edit it without going back, And then you can go back and revise it and get better from there. And I would bet that some of my editor friends are going to listen to this and be like, yeah, duh, that's how we do it. But I guess I didn't ever do it that way. And now I'm learning that that's the wrong way to do it. So if you're trying to get better at editing content quickly, those are the things that I've learned this week about how to do that and how to achieve that. Remembering that what kind of content you're editing is gonna add or shorten the amount of editing time. Building a sort of template library with with elements and transitions and all that stuff that you can use over and over again. And don't watch the video a thousand times. Just don't edit it all the way through, then go back, and take time and look at it. One of the things moving forward that I want to improve on in terms of speeding up my editing is only shooting as much as I need. The more that I produce this content online, the more I'm realizing what parts I'm going to need when I'm shooting. And already over the last two months, I can see myself getting better and more efficient at choosing when to start and stop the camera. I definitely noticed this on Instagram and I'm seeing it on YouTube as well now. I think even three months ago, I would honestly just let the camera roll quite a bit and I wouldn't be afraid of missing any sort of moment. And now that I have a clearer picture of what I wanna make, it's easier for me to decide what I wanna film. And that is so helpful. Pat on the back for Taylor, good job, yay. (laughs) So I know that a lot of you are probably going to be pretty resistant to this episode and and kind of curmudgeonly <laughs> curmudgeonly Cur- curmudgeonly curmudgeonly about this concept of lowering my quality a bit and and I totally get you. I think that I have been that person for the last couple of years sitting there with my stick in the mud saying, "No." I want to make the best content and I can do it as fast as I can and it's going to be fine. But I am learning that when it comes to making content, it's better to set a deadline and do your best in that deadline, but get the content out rather than try to make it perfect. And I'm constantly having to remind myself that, especially with editing, that is a huge hurdle that I am trying to overcome. But I assure you, quality will always be important to me. My goal is to never just phone it in and make something really crappy to show you because I I want people to have quality content. I think it's important, especially the more that we move into this social media age where we have people who are amateurs making content. I think it's important that there is a sort of standard to that. First and foremost with what you're doing and what you're saying, because I think that that is the most important part of content is making sure that you have a positive message or at least some sort of message and and maybe I'll talk about that in a later episode and my views on social media and content and where it's going uh, because I have a lot of those but for me that will always be my biggest goal is no matter what my content looks like I always want it to have a point and I always want it to be positive I always want it to contribute something to the world or at least to your life. And then after that, I will always try to produce something that is good quality in terms of production value because I do want you guys to have a good experience watching something uh, or listening to it in this case. So don't worry, I'm always going to try to do that no matter how quickly I try to produce content, I will always keep quality in mind. It's just that there's a balance and that's what I'm working on, is figuring out how to bring you the best content more quickly. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me as I figure that out, and um, I think we'll get there. I think there will be a day when I can produce a lot of stuff, and it will be really good, and we'll just be all super happy, and we'll have a party. To end this discussion on editing, I actually wanted to offer a counter to everything I've just talked about. I've given you my tips of things that I've learned about producing content quicker, about the quantity of content, but I also wanted to give my quick thoughts on how to edit content better, and how to improve the quality, because I know for some, that's the part you struggle with, is not necessarily producing a lot of content, but then how to make it slightly better, and as somebody who has done professional film editing, I think that I have some good insights on that. My tip on editing well, I kind of touched on earlier, and that's basically... That you want to be able to step back from your content and look at it from someone else's point of view. In my opinion, this is the thing that will separate you from being a good editor to a great editor. Once you've edited a project, being able to step back and say, I've never seen this before. What does it feel like? What does it look like? That can be really hard if you're not used to kind of stepping out of yourself. I think if you actively think about that every time you edit something and you step back and you make some adjustments based on that, your editing will get better. Now, of course, it depends on what kind of editing you want to do and the amount of quality you want to get. But I find that this is really helpful for things like stories, you know, scripted short films or longer form films. I think it's essential for those, actually. I think it can also be really helpful for montages. I see a lot of montages that have no rhythm or flow or energy to them, and that to me is clear that the person didn't step back and say, what is the person watching this feeling? Are they bored? Probably. So, montages can get a lot better if you actively think about the audience more. And tutorials. I think tutorials, especially, you need to be thinking about the person who is watching the tutorial. Because if you can't put yourself in that person's shoes, you're not going to know whether they're having a hard time or whether they're following you or any of that. So being able to step back as an editor and think about the audience and think about what they're feeling is my biggest tip for getting better at editing i think a lot of the other tips that i have would be more if you're trying to be an actual film editor or a story editor there are probably a few other tips that i could have that would apply to content i'll think about those and maybe i'll include them in a future podcast but for now i'm gonna end the editing nerd talk and uh, move on to the next subject Next up, I want to transition into a new section of my podcast where I share with you either a weird comment or message that I got this week. As somebody who posts online a lot, I get a lot of weird messages and or comments. And you might see some of them if you follow my content, but you may not, you might have missed them. So every week I'm going to be sharing one of those comments or messages that really stuck with me or that I want to talk about. Sometimes they might be really negative and I want to talk about that, or they might be really positive and that's sweet and I want to talk about that. Or they might just be weird and I needed to share it. So this week's comment was posted on my ukulele video on my Instagram. And I'm not going to share with you who said it because I don't really believe in publicly calling out people. Uh, It makes me uncomfortable. But what they said was, uh, if only you sounded as good as you look with a winky face. (laughs) Wow. So the funny thing about this is that This is a clear example of negging. If you're not familiar with the term negging, it's basically like an emotional manipulation technique where you intentionally give somebody a backhanded flirtatious compliment or whatever in an attempt to like make them feel less confident and make them feel like they need your approval. That's negging. And it's something that I honestly experience a lot as a woman. Uh, I think a lot of women would say the same thing. I don't even know if the people doing it are intentionally doing it or not, but it's definitely what it is. It's usually like a backhanded compliment when I get it. So it might be something like, wow, you're really pretty for a tomboy or you're really good at juggling for a girl. Or sometimes it's like a weird critique that you didn't ask for. Like you're so pretty, but your glasses don't fit your face. Sometimes it's like a weird statement. Oh, you really look like Andy Samberg. (laughs) Those are legitimate examples of negging that I've gotten. And I know some people listening are probably like, oh, those are just... You know, those aren't meant to be mean or whatever. I don't think it really matters. They're all things that make me feel really weird and uncomfortable. And I would say most of the time when I get them, they're meant to do exactly what I said. They're meant to sort of make me feel uncomfortable and insecure so that I naturally want to get the approval of the person saying it. And uh, it's stupid. The thing that's interesting about it is that I was at SkillCon over the weekend and I was explaining this term negging to somebody. And then lo and behold, I got a perfect example of it this week. If only you sounded as good as you look. So I look great, but I don't sound as good as I look. Negging. Perfect example. What a great example of negging. I responded and said, sorry, negging doesn't work on me. Person didn't respond back. Either way, that's negging. What a weird comment that was yeah looking forward to sharing the next one with you guys like I said it won't always be like a negative one sometimes it'll be really positive I get a lot of quirky messages and comments so I'm excited to uh, share them with you every week Next up on the podcast agenda, I have another news section. This was a really good suggestion from one of my patrons. He suggested that I mention some sort of content that I find really inspiring or a creator that I really like right now. And I think that's a really good idea. I love sharing things that I love and that I appreciate. So uh, I'm going to do that with you every single week. This week, I think I have to do a big shout out to Andrew Parker, aka Wafello, aka Spider-Man. He is super enjoyable, he has a really likeable personality, he's very funny, and he does some really crazy impressive things with magic, and specifically escaping, like, you know, does escaping a straitjacket while underwater. I don't think I'll be trying that, but I did get to try something with him at SkillCon, and you can keep an eye out for that video once I edit it. Hopefully, I can edit it really quickly. We'll see. Go find Wafello on YouTube. I certainly hope that's how you say it. I'm not 100% sure. But you can go check him out on YouTube or on Instagram. W-A-F-E-L-L-O-W. Waffelo. Thank you, Andrew, for talking to me about editing so much at SkillCon and for inspiring me to get better and faster and always push myself when it comes to creating content. You rock. The last section of my podcast up until this point, maybe I'll add another one later. But for now, the last section of the podcast is my three questions. I like to end every day with reflection and appreciating what I tried, what I learned, and what I accomplished during that day. And here on the podcast, I'm going to do a weekly version. So what did I try this week? I tried filming a bunch of stuff at SkillCon. I went into the weekend with the goal of filming a lot of content I didn't fully succeed in that, at least not to the extent that I wanted, but I did try to film as much as possible and I got some good stuff. So hopefully that will be some good videos. I tried to edit a video in two hours. Did not super accomplish the two hour thing, but I'm proud that I tried and pushed myself. What did I learn this week? I learned that editing quickly can be done. I can get faster and I can do it in a way it still makes good content even though I couldn't get it done in Andrew's two hours I did get faster and I learned that it was possible for me to get faster huge learning moment for me I can I can do it yes (laughs) what I accomplished this week well I accomplished getting faster at editing I was able to actually edit two videos this week unfortunately only one of them will be seen by you guys. Uh, that is the ukulele video. The other video that I edited was for the Super Patron Grant application. So I edited that. I, I put work into it. I think it's really nice, but obviously it's just a private application submission, so you guys don't really get to see it. I know that they're not going to show any of the applications, but you know, maybe when they announce the winner, if I didn't win, which let's be honest, I don't have, you know, delusional hopes of winning $50,000, but... At least I tried. And that's all that matters. You should still try, even if you don't think you'll succeed. But yeah, if I don't win, maybe I'll still put it up online somewhere just to show it to you guys and show you what I made. Because I'm, I'm pretty proud of that video. I think it covers a lot about my goals and kind of my vision for Taylor Tries. That's what I accomplished this week. I actually got two videos done. Yay! That's the end of my podcast. Thank you for listening last week and this week and next week. Because I know you're going to show up again. Because you are are my friends. I hope this week you've learned a little bit about producing content quickly and the struggles behind that and maybe a little bit about editing too. If you have a suggestion of a topic you want me to cover here on The Trying Podcast, you can go to my website at taylortries.com and contact me there. There's a contact form. Send me your thoughts. Send me your suggestions. I would love to know what you want to listen to. A big thank you again to all the otters on my otter club. You're awesome. Again, if you want to become a member of the otter club, you can do that at patreon.com slash taylortries. I just updated it. There's all sorts of new rewards. Go check them out and support me. That's all for now. I'm Taylor Glenn, aka Taylor Tries. You can check out all of my good links at taylortries.com yay. Have an awesome week and keep trying. Cue outro jingle music. Hopefully I have some by now. We'll see, I guess. The podcast is over. There isn't any more to say. At least not this week. But I'll be back next Thursday.